The world is like a ride at an amusement park. And when you choose to go on it, you think it's real, because that's how powerful our minds are. I can tell you from experience, the effect you have on others is the most valuable currency there is. Don't think. Feel. It is like a finger pointing away to the moon. Don't concentrate on the finger or you will miss all that heavenly glory. You take the red pill, you stay in Wonderland, and I show you how deep the rabbit hole goes. Hey brothers, welcome back to the Liberation Mentor Podcast. I'm your host, Nick Gregoriadis. Today's guest is a very special man. It's my friend Vaz Shiran. And why I consider him so special is that he's someone who has walked a very, a very deep spiritual path. You know, he, he was very depressed and he couldn't figure out what was wrong. And so he started asking some some intense questions and he started doing a lot of searching, a lot of soul searching. And he ultimately figured out that he was not connected to his spirit or his higher self. And he managed to come back from depression using this new knowledge and using a bunch of modalities that helped get him in touch with this, this part of himself again. And one of the, the things that differentiates him is, you know, some of you guys will who followed my work will know that I'm I'm very much interested in this deeper nature of reality and the spiritual aspect of life. But one of the things I, I have nothing but contempt for is when people, they just go too far with it and they become, for want of a better word, these fucked up hippies, right? That just have no, it's almost like spirituality becomes a crutch for them because they don't know how to function in society. They don't know how to interact with people. They don't know how to create a business or hold down a job or, you know, do anything that, you know, modern life requires. And the thing I love about Vaz is that he's, he's not like that at all. He's gone really deep into this, this aspect of life. And he has still remained firmly grounded in real in regular three-dimensional reality. And uh, he's managed to bring that knowledge back and use it to create a a successful business that's helping a lot of people. And I just really appreciate that because as I said, all too often people who go too far down that road, they just get a little bit fucked up and a little bit weird and kind of, I don't know, it just, it, it kind of, they take it too far and Vaz has taken it really far, but uh, he's managed to to come back and, and bring the good aspects of it without any of the negatives. So I think this, this show is really going to help you if you've ever struggled with depression or you've been questioning things. I think it's going to make a massive difference to you. And uh, when, when Vaz speaks, you can really hear there's a, there's a sincerity in his voice and there's a, there's a calmness and a contentment that I find quite rare. And I find it very refreshing and uh, helpful and enjoyable. He once said something to me, which is still one of the guiding quotes of my life. He said that the voice of the ego speaks very loudly, right? In your mind, it's a very loud voice that is always chattering and echoing away in there telling you what you should be doing and shouldn't be doing. But the voice of the heart speaks in a whisper and you have to really quiet yourself until you can hear that whisper. And that has made such a massive difference to my life. And Vaz is the kind of guy who's got a lot of a lot of wisdom and a lot of nuggets like that. So I hope you guys enjoy this episode with him. Before we get started, I just want to remind you guys that I am now doing one-on-one life coaching with a select group of individuals. We are making some amazing progress in men's lives and helping them achieve things that they could have only dreamed of before, including 
massive jumps in career relationships, spiritual, mental, and physical health, and a bunch of other good stuff. So if you're feeling on some deep level that it's time to make a change, that it's time to really take your life to the next level, perhaps I can help you head on over to my site, liberationmentor.com, and you can schedule a free clarity call with me there. Guys, here is the next episode of the Liberation Mentor Podcast. It's Mr. Vaz Shiran. Enjoy. Hey, brothers, back with another episode of the Liberation Mentor Podcast. And today's guest is a friend I have not seen in, I'd say, how long has it been? Vaz, 2012, we saw each other? 2012, seven, eight years. Yeah. Seven, eight years now. now Vaz is a very interesting cat, a very highly evolved spiritual teacher. He runs the London College of Spirituality, which is probably one of the biggest spiritual colleges of its kind, definitely one of the biggest ones in the United Kingdom. And uh, just a really, really good dude. I had him on one of my previous shows called The Journey Podcast, and I got a lot of feedback on that episode. So it's so good to have you back, Vaz, to share your wisdom with the, the brothers who are listening. Thanks for coming on the show, my man. Thanks, Nick. Good to be here. Yeah, one of the things that always struck me about you, um, you know, we Vaz and I met in Peru in 2012. We did a, an ayahuasca retreat together, which I think we'll both agree was pretty intense. Um, that was intense. Yeah. <laughs> that was intense. And then we we carried on our friendship uh, when we both got back to London. But then I left London a few months after that, and um, since then we've kept in touch a little bit. What what I always notice when I meet you, Vaz, or when I talk to you, is you have such a a gentle, warm spirit. You know, there's no like, uh, sometimes you meet people and they're, they're trying to put on airs and, and, and graces. And, and you do, I just don't get any of that from you. I just get like this, this warmth and this, this gentleness. And I think that's kind of missing a lot in the modern world, right? Like I think a lot of men, they try to do it, but it, it comes off kind of fake. Whereas yours has a certain authenticity about it. I know that that's the kind of person you are. And I just want to know, have you always been like that or, or how did, did you have to work on it or, or how did you come to be at that point where you, you have this, this energy and this presence? Yeah. You know, that's such an interesting thing. I feel like as men that we need, we have these trials and tribulations in life, whether we set them up consciously or the universe does that for us through our experiences. And it's like when you hear about in indigenous cultures, the guy goes off into the woods, into the wilderness to find himself right he's got to lose himself to find himself and he's got to face his demons which is himself and I, I think this is what happened to me so I I experienced around 15 years of intense depression um growing up and for me that is like having a mirror shown in your face constantly and with depression it's usually you're trying to push it away you just don't want to see it rejecting it and it took me a long time to even understand that I had to look at it all I was trying to do was just make my life better and trying to live, try and be happy. Um, but it was only when I started to look at it, I realized I'm looking at myself, my own layers, like you're talking about those conditionings, everything that society, my environment, my, from my family that I put onto me as what it means to be a guy and what it means to be who I am. I had to start, I was already challenging it. This is a thing, but I didn't realize it was. So once I started to, to dismantle them, take them down one by one, realized that I'm run, I've been running away from myself the whole journey. And it's a hard thing to look at yourself in the mirror and see what's going on. And for me, that's the wilderness, you know. Mm. Now, now, when you say you were running away from yourself, what was that characterized by? Like, can you give it a, some examples of that? Yeah, so, I mean, 
on a tangible level, it would be drinking heavily, taking drugs, um, partying. I th- saw it as normal. You know, this is how you grow up. Sure. But it becomes just such an extreme level that you start to, you don't, you don't, you're, you're using it as a way of trying to make yourself feel better. And it becomes your vice. It's like, this is the only thing that's going to make me feel connected to anything anymore. Mm-hmm. And the more you do that, the more disconnected you get. And it's a, it's a vicious cycle. So you keep thinking you need more and, you know, all these different things and elements. And so it's that in a way for me was running away from what was actually happening, which is on a deeper level, understanding that there are emotions within me that are valid. Like I didn't even think twice about it. It sounds crazy now when I look back on it, but I didn't even think that I had emotions to look at. I was so outwardly focused on sure. what's, what I need, what's, what comparing myself, thinking I need to get somewhere. It's very kind of that, hmm. that driven energy outwardly, but yeah, just getting deeper and deeper into unhappiness with it. Okay. And then, I mean, I think a lot of the men can relate and there's a, that, that feeling of lack of connection is massive in, in the modern world, man. It really is. And it's something that we all know it. All of those who have experienced it know it, that when you feel connected to something, whether it be nature or another human being or your own path or, you know, a powerful piece of music that you listen to, when you feel that is when, when you feel the most alive, right? When you feel the most joy and the most happiness, I, I guess joy, another way to say it is joy and connection are always found together, right? Always. And so I totally understand where you're coming from. You know, the world is actually set up to, to lead you further away from that connection rather than closer to it. And I wanted to know, it's clear that you've conquered that, that, that feeling of alienation and disconnection, but how did you do that? Was it a come to Jesus moment? Like just one day you woke up and it was like, I'm connected or I've found myself or was it a slower process or, or can you tell us a little bit more about that? Yeah, for me, it was a slow burn process and it's the journey of you kind of, you first become aware that there, there is even a problem to, to look at. And then you're looking at the like countless tools and things out there that you could use to find, find yourself. And I think one of the most disillusioning thing at the beginning is that you're trying them and it's not getting you the results <laughs> that you want because you think it's supposed to happen overnight. But for me, it's that vibrational shift that you're having. It's all about that transition because you're reprogramming the mind. So I had to do a lot of reprogramming, which took many years. Mm-hmm. The bizarre thing is when that reaches a certain pivot point, it does feel like it's overnight. Mm-hmm. That's the strange thing about it because suddenly you, you feel the balance of that connection outweighs the disconnection and whatever that other part is. And mm-hmm. it's not like I'm fully whole by any means, but that balance since that time has made me feel, I look at like completely different. Everything looks different. Sure. Life, other people's lives and all of that. And yeah, it's an amazing thing once that happens, as you know, sure. you know experiencing yourself. Uh-huh. Now, when you were on that, during that 15 years when you had depression, did you try any pharmaceutical avenues to correct that or any psychotherapy or anything like that? Yeah, I tried. Um, I forgot which uh, which drug they actually gave me. They gave me some form of antidepressant, but it yeah. actually made me feel worse. It made me feel empty. Like I felt physical emptiness in my, like in the middle of my chest, which I hadn't even felt before. So I, I moved away from that quite quickly. Sure. Yeah. 
I know that for some people at work, so this is the thing, it's like I never give like direct like no to anything. Some people, they need it depending on what they're going through, I guess. Sure. Sure. I mean, I guess, uh, yeah, you, you and I are not medical professionals, so we aren't qualified to give medical advice or psychiatric advice. But I guess one of the things I feel comfortable saying is that if um, first I would say, you know, I would, I personally would resist trying medication and that would be the, always the last resort. And then if I took it and it didn't make me feel better uh, or make a massive positive improvement, I, I would very quickly discontinued and search for another avenue you know i mean that's just my own personal stance i remember uh i went through a period of a brief period of depression in my life and the the, the woman i was dating at, at the time she said well, well we've got to get you to this to the psychiatrist and he'll just prescribe something for you and it'll it'll just get you over that hump it'll just get you to a point where you can start thinking positive thoughts again and i remember saying to myself fuck that no, I'm doing this on my own, right? Like I'm not going to use some crutch to get out of this. And looking back, I might've been lucky in because of the quirks of my certain, the certain quirks of my set of circumstances or my own psychological makeup. But I managed to come through that without drugging myself, you know, and I'm, I'm looking back. I think it's the, it was the right thing to do, but it, it might not be the right thing for everyone. You know, I mean, it's just a perspective. That's great though, that you had a part of you that even, question now i think this this is a really important part of ourselves to develop or just to be aware of is that discerning part like sure. is this actually going to work for me or not we make the decision we've got to sure. experiment with it yeah and i think one of the things that i've i really believe in now or one of the the, the ways i approach my experience is i always look at the person selling advice whether it be medical advice or lifestyle advice or health and nutrition or relationship advice and i want to know i wrote an article on this recently you know there's there's two types of people who are giving advice the one is someone who is selling you the cake and the other one's the person who's just selling you the recipe right and and the guys who are just selling the recipe i always ask the question have you ever made any cakes like if this guy claims to be happy and healthy, I, I want to see, like, let me see his life. Let me see how happy and healthy he is before I buy his recipe for health and happiness. And a lot of medical professionals, I look at them, man, and they don't seem, they don't seem very happy. They don't seem very connected. They don't seem very switched on and actualized and have that vibrance and joy for life, you know? And then I'll, I'll see guys like who will come on this show as guests like we just had a guy called Christopher Tripp on recently. And this guy is not a medical professional, not a psych, uh, psychologist, but he went through some depression and now he is the happiest, most vibrant dude, like just glowing with health and joy. And he's excited to be alive. And he's the kind of guy I want advice from on, on how to be happy, you know, not like some dude who's like, you know, like just writing out scripts and hates what he's doing and, I don't know. It's it's a very extreme view, but it's just one I have at the moment. I'm sure you've you've come to a similar conclusion. Yeah, I mean, I have the same same with who I seek help for, especially when I was in the depression from psychiatrists. It was the ones that I could feel that were reading it from a book on how to deal with my problems, sure. and the ones who had actually been through something. Because the difference is empathy and compassion. Mm-hmm. As someone with empathy and compassion, you feel it from that person. You can get that they've been there, they know how it sure. is. Another one is coming from a different angle, then you can't really open up in the same sure. way, you know, so it's harder. But yeah, once you've been through it, get it, get the process. They know what's going on. 
I always say, um, you can't show someone something you've never seen and you can't take someone somewhere you've never been. Right. And I think that's a big, a big little tool that you can use when selecting whose advice you buy into, right? Like just have a look like when, before you buy the recipe, look at the cakes they've baked, right. Or, or feel like you said, feel that, see if you can feel that empathy, see if you can feel on, on a deep level that this person has your best interest or that they can help you. Don't just look at the, the certificate they have on their wall and make your decision on that. Like you, you have to use your intuition on a deeper level. So Vaz, I wanted to ask you, um, so yeah, you had this depression and you realized you couldn't live like that and you wanted to figure it out and it's clear you found your way out of it. What were the tools that you that, that helped you to find, navigate your way out of that and achieve freedom from it? So for me, I've always been open to what we would call today spirituality consciousness, something beyond in terms of that connection between mind, body, spirit and understanding there's a connection that on a subconscious level, our relationship with our reality. So through this process, I started to understand this reflective relationship with our reality, what's going on in my inner world is directly connected with my relationship and what's actually happening outside. Mm -hmm. So exploring that deeper, you start to realize that your outer world is literally a book. It's a book telling you who you are. And once you start to look like the kind of people you're attracting into your life, how you're, how they are, the relationship you have with them, the, experiences that you're having the job you're having everything is like this incredible mirror and it's amazing because we can't really see inside what's going on but we can sure. see outside to understand what's man I'm, I'm i'm getting uh sorry to interrupt you vaz but i as soon as you started talking about this i get lit up because this has been one of my biggest understandings of my whole life is the idea is the and it's not even an idea it's not even a belief it's just a knowledge that the world is your mirror and mm. the way you put it there, that it's this book that you can read, man, I've been reflecting on this, excuse the pun, for a long, long time. And, and uh, it, it absolutely fascinates me. I'd, I'd love to hear from you some concrete examples of that, perhaps from your own life, of how you've used this idea of the, the external world mirroring the internal world. Yeah, so this this relationship what it does is shifts you from victim consciousness to empowerment because the victim consciousness is where you believe that everything's happening to you and this is what i was like it's like why is this happening to me why am i experiencing this why am i going through this and others aren't it's all about why 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 but behind that is a blame you're kind of blaming why these and you also feel out of control you're like this feather in the wind being blown about by this storm you can't really do much Mm -hmm. That's the idea from that level of perspective. But once you understand this interconnection going on, you realize, why am I creating this? Why am I experiencing this? It totally shifts everything. So once I started to shift that, I had to shift my perspective of my own depression and not see it as some incredible suffering that I was going through that was like a punishment because that's what it felt like. And now I start to look at it as this is a gift. And... I'm not in the place right now to understand what this gift is about, but the more that I understand that it's a gift, the more treasures I'm going to get from it. And that's what started the process of me starting sure. to extrapolate from what's going on. So here's an example. This is, this is a great example. So when I was growing up, I had a, I had a lot of anger and while it was inside of me, because I was angry with everything as well. And while it was inside of me, what used to happen, I used to remember this clearly, I'd get on the train 
And I'd attract aggro from people coming up to me, even though I wasn't doing anything. And I kept having this like as I was growing up. And I was like, I couldn't understand why I was attracting because I, I wasn't even starting on them or doing anything. But then over time, as I realized this reflection going on, I realized I had a lot of anger inside of me that sure. I wasn't dealing with. And I wasn't aware of this before that. I wasn't consciously aware. It's, it's interesting uh, because anger, I've heard it said that, that depression is, is internalized anger, anger that hasn't been expressed properly. And that was a big understanding for me that, you know, the times when I've been down, it's usually because I've been very angry about something and I've, I've kind of like stuffed it down and it, it transmutes into, into depression. So that's a big one. Do you, I mean, are you able to share what you, what that anger was about and where it came from? I mean, you don't have to, but. You know, I think it's a collection of a lot of things. I think on one level was my upbringing. I came in, had quite a dysfunctional family. There was a lot of anger going on around me, but I was absorbing on some level, mirroring it back and internalizing it all. On another level, I totally agree. Anger is that inversion of, it's what creates depression. But, and for me, anger is power. It's like when we don't understand how to use our power, mm-hmm. we're so afraid of our power. And this has been like a lifelong journey for me, like understanding how to use our power. I believe it's so big that we, we reject it on so many levels. And we're also being bombarded about how to use power from the outside world with adverts, with idea of how a guy is supposed to be like all of this. It just completely distorts our sense of our own sure. natural relationship with power. So I believe that creates a lot of anger, like in school, schools across the world, you'll see guys getting excited to evoke that getting really angry. And sure. I feel that there's an eruption of power that we need to understand how to yield it in a, in a really great way. Sure. And I think, I mean, that's the, the world that I, I spent most of my adult life in is the world of martial arts. And uh, I think when it's used properly, it's a, uh, it's such a, an amazing way to channel that. I don't even know if ne- if anger is necessarily the right way to describe it because masculinity is a, is a the, the, if we look at masculine energy at its most raw base level, it is a it's a pretty it can be a violent energy. You know, I mean, that's the man goes out and he hunts and he gathers resources and he fights and he defends and he builds things and it's this raw, powerful masculine energy. And I think that uh that's one of the things missing for a lot of people is they don't have any idea how to channel that. Right. And so it, it turns in on itself and manifests in unhealthy ways. And I, I guess for me, it was, it was largely martial arts and, and meditation and, and things of that nature. And that's some of the ways I could, I could, and I still do control my masculine essence. What, what is it for you? Or like, are there any tools besides understanding this idea of the, the book and the reflection Are there any tools that really work for you? to do that yeah so physical exercise is absolutely essential sure for me like, it has to be a massive component of it especially getting your heart pumping there's got to be a cardiovascular movement because it starts to activate it and starts to but there's a release process going on as you're doing it you're releasing emotion through it so for me that was a big part so i started to kick that in at the same time i had to balance it so that's all coming through i had to face my dark side so the dark side I was already delving deeply into spirituality. And around that time, there was a a lot of that positive self-help movement, Mm -hmm. which at the time was also, depending on which angle you came into it, um, the angle I came into was actually rejecting this dark side, you know, not to look at it 
So it was interesting because when I went into that, I got even worse for a while until I realized there's something, there's something deeply missing here for me anyway, was that this other side of us isn't something to judge. It's actually all of these emotions are coming from the same source. It's just, you know, whether we call it ego. For me, the ego is the traumatized inner child. Sure. It's the inner child that comes in and it's feeling and experiencing so many things, but when it's trying, to, when it's in pain and it's shouting at the door, we're just pushing it away constantly. We need to hear it. So I do that through writing. Mm-hmm. Because I wasn't in the stage at that time to share honestly what I was really feeling with anyone. Mm-hmm. And that's one of the things I think, especially as guys, there's a tendency to hide that or feel ashamed by it because of the condition. Sure. Really deep. Sure. Yeah, it's, we, we live in a society that there's so much repression. There's so, so much repression. I know uh, I, I was working with someone who, I mean, the example that comes to mind, like I've, I've been pretty vocal on how I, I feel that porn is a really unhealthy thing for men. I just think it's a really, really unhealthy thing. It, it just leads to negative consequences in when it comes to your sexuality. It's like a, it's almost like a shadow of, of your sexuality and, and uh, a pervert, like a perversion of it. And I know that that sounds very puritanical. I don't say this with like a judge judgment, dude, because fuck man, as a guy, I've watched my share of porn or like, you know, it, it's not judgment. I'm just, if I just look at the fact of the way it makes me feel and the way it affects me and the things that the energies it, it brings into my life, I've, I've just realized it's, it's not healthy and it's not, it's not positive. Right. And it's not helping me. And, you know, um, someone I, I believed was a close friend of mine. He, he just said to me, how, how can you be speaking about this stuff? Like it's, uh, you're going to affect children. And you know, like what if a child hears what you, hears you speaking about porn and then goes to watch porn. And I'm like, man, that's so unhealthy. That's so unhealthy. Like, so what are you saying? Like, just don't just repress it. Just like, shove it down and pretend it's not there. Right. Like, and I realized that that happens, that happens a lot in life, man. That happens a hell of a lot in life that it's kind of like almost another example. Um, again, it's a, it's a sexual example, but like uh, Catholic priests, right. They repress that part of themselves so much then it, it then manifests in this really disgusting perverted way. Right. And yeah, I think there's, there's other, there's other ways that that happens. Like uh, I think of plant medicine when you go out and you do like a ritual, like, sort of some sort of plant medicine, like you do psilocybin or something like that. And you have this ritual where you're trying to connect with your higher self and, and get some wisdom out of that. That's perverted in other ways, you know, like going on binge drinking is in a way like a version of that, but just a really dark twisted version, right? You're using a substance to try to change your consciousness, to try to get some sort of relief, but it's just like a, a perverted way. So yeah, I think there's, there's so much repression in, in modern world and, uh, it's, it's interesting to me, Vaz. I really appreciate speaking to people like you who understand this and boldly like claim it and step up and own it. And I, I really admire that you've done that, my man. And you said, you said writing is, is one of the ways you, you deal with, with the shadow. Is that correct? Yeah, right. I mean, this is one thing anyone can do. You can just do it at any time. So what you're doing is you're writing and you're writing out your negative thoughts and feelings about anything, about anyone. And you're, you're allowing that to come out. Now, what will happen is that there's lots of different things depending on the conditioning that we've had growing up or what we've got. A lot of people may think that it's, that negativity itself is going to breed more negativity. True. But we don't realize that it's already inside of us. All we're doing, we're actually giving it permission to be seen by us. That catalyst of seeing it, like for me, the first time as I was seeing that on paper, you, 
you realize that I finally, I'm finally owning what's in here and then stop sure. that continuous sure. oppression thing. And you start to shift because your relationship with dark side shifts, your relationship with your own dark side, with everyone else's dark side shift. So you start to, for me, that's the healing process. You start to heal and it's a gradual process of bringing light into the dark and you don't become as afraid. This is the thing, we're afraid of it. We're afraid of this huge thing, which is the dark over us. And there's so many rules in society telling us what we can and can't do. Around sure. anger, for example, around sex, for example, all of these things, and they're controlling that narrative, that energy. Sure. That we're walking around like super tight in all of these different areas that we need to start to loosen up and open. And, and you know, it's just to to try to keep a balanced viewpoint. You said this society is controlling a lot of these energies within us, and in a way, I get it. I, it's, there's always an inherent paradox, man. In, in all aspects of the deeper you study life, you always come to an inherent paradox. But the one side of the paradox is, yes, it is stifling. Society is stifling these very intense energies that exist within humanity and within the individual. But at the same time, there is something to be said for that because there is a real savagery and a real darkness that exists within humanity. And I'm not putting a judgment on that. It's, there's also a real light and a real compassion that exists within us. But especially when I travel to some, some of the places I went to on my travels, it, it really made me understand this, that we, we do need, or maybe at this point, or maybe we'll transcend it, but we do need control structures to kind of, you know, like keep these energies contained because if they were just totally freed and liberated, I think society would just break down and we'd, we'd be in a pretty uh, anarchistic sort of dysutopian version of, of, uh, of the world, you know, and we have to learn to operate within that paradox. Yes, there are these controlling structures, but you can find your own freedom within that. You can, you can kind of operate within that as a free agent if you're smart and courageous enough. Does any of that make sense to you? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, for me, you know, I, I don't class myself as a liberal or a conservative. I think both are necessary because you go to, if everything's too liberated, then you don't have the structure. Our society, I don't believe, is anywhere near as ready. It may take another hundred years to go into that more utopian idea that we have, but we've got a shitload of healing to do. But all of that darkness that you're talking about is eons old that come, that it's been so repressed that if you just open the gates and said everything's free and possible, then, you know, this yeah. our entire societies will fall apart because sure. of that, because they're so consumed by their darkness. Sure. At the same time, you know, for me, the paradox, everything comes to a paradox because that's unity consciousness. It's the paradox of the light and the dark. Every idea you have, you're having this paradox. It's, it's an amazing place, but it's, mind can't get it because it wants these simple solutions. Like it has to be this or that, the duality, right? Sure. It's been trained in dichotomies, right? That's a big understanding. And that is one yeah. of the reasons I think that traditional religious belief systems are so dangerous is because they they train your mind to work in black and white black and white right or wrong and there's often a blend in life right there's often gray areas that we aren't 
that we and often we can't even understand them because from a little age you've been taught bad good bad bad good bad you know and then you just that's the way your mind is structured that's the way your hardware is is set for the rest of your life so it's i find this i find that aspect of uh, human existence very interesting vaz let's let's talk a little bit about your your business because another thing i love about you is that you've you've taken this this passion of yours and you've turned it into a thriving successful business which Oh man, I mean, there's an expression, let he who has found his life's work ask no other blessing. And it seems to me you've found your life's work and you've managed to turn it into something that supports you. How did you get get it to that point? So in a way, it's kind of like a cliche, but we have to, fi- we have to find out what our passions are. And our passions are hidden beneath all of the different ideas that we have about ourselves. And for me, it's a constant journey of unraveling who I think I am, what others think I am, you know, where I think I should be. As I keep unraveling that, I keep finding there's something else that is gently telling me what to do mm-hmm. and to trust in myself. So for me, when I first came out of the depression, the first thing I wanted to do, and I think this is what happens, you touch into something so sacred, divine, so meaningful, that what do you want to do is share it. And you start to look at the world, not from a place of sympathy, but in terms of, like in a joyful experience, like there is so much here that people could appreciate if they only understood that they could find it themselves. And sure. it's quite easier than people believe this is a thing. So when I set up the college, initially it was to meet other people. That was the intention. This is the thing about following your passion. I just wanted to meet other people, talk to them, not feel like I was going, like I was mad. Sure. I was working in a city, can't really talk about these things openly. Sure. And then you realize there are thousands and millions of people who are into this, who mm-hmm. are passionate about exploring their own consciousness. Mm, that was a big understanding for me is I always thought, you know, that I was, when I started to wake up to, to um, the spiritual component of myself and, and existence, you often think that when you discuss this stuff with people that almost everyone is going to just think you're a crazy nut job. And then you realize, as you said, there's a lot more people out there that are switched on that are, open to it than, than you think initially, right? Yeah, absolutely. You know, our definition of what spiritual is is obviously different, unique to each person. And for me, everybody's got some connection with it. And there are obviously people who are more deeply exper- wanting to explore who they are. And that, that for me is the path. You're starting to explore reality. You're starting to explore yourself, your connection to the world. What is my meaning here? Once you start following that, for me, this, this is what my life's work is about. As sure. I set up the college, we're, we've got thousands of people coming through doing workshops, experiences. Yet for me, my path, especially in the last few years, has been about supporting people finding their own path, just as it's been for me. Sure. And so would you say that it, it would be a correct statement that obviously you've done a lot of work to set up the London College of Spirituality and it hasn't just happened, this big organization with thousands of people attending workshops and stuff. You didn't just wake up one day and like it was handed to you on a plate, but because it was something you were so connected to and and you were so inspired by, it didn't, all the challenges weren't, didn't really feel like work. It just felt like some sort of fun expression of yourself. And, and, and the, that helped you get through the difficulties and the, the administration and all. I mean, obviously with a the business, there's certain elements that aren't fun and that, but I'm getting, you get where I'm going with this, Faz? 
Yeah, I mean, that drive is what gets you going through all of that because you're going to get challenges. It's going to be boring at the same time. It's going to be it's going to be difficult to understand what you're even creating, especially when you're creating something yourself. But the the joy behind the fact that you're doing something that is coming from yourself, your own expression, and you're living according, creating the lifestyle that you want of how your day goes, you know, where you're living, where you're doing this. For me, this is the, the magic of being an entrepreneur and creating. Sure. Baz, I, I wanted to bring something up and, I know you're not the kind of person who's going to be offended. And that's the only reason I feel comfortable asking you about it. You're someone who's very deeply entrenched in the world of of spirituality and I guess the new age movement and however you want to categorize it, but this, this uh, kind of out there hippie might be a strong word, but you're, you're involved in that world. Right. And my wife, who is such, such an amazing spirit, such a powerful woman on so many levels, she, she grew up in an environment where she was exposed to that stuff from a very young age. She, she was, her parents had a, a retreat, a ranch outside Arizona where people would lead all sorts of workshops like silent 20 day silent retreats and yoga workshops and connecting with your spirit stuff and sweat lodges and just so much of that stuff. And I think she kind of got burned out on it all. You know, she was just like, she's at the point where she's like, ah, you know, she's so sick of spiritual people. She's like, just, you know, it's all just, she doesn't say it's all just bullshit, but she's just like, I'm so sick of it all. And, you know, when we were in Peru, I don't know if you remember, but (laughs) we were doing, we were doing these ayahuasca ceremonies. And do you remember that one day we did a, I think it was a San Pedro ceremony. Yeah, I remember that. That that day when everyone just fucking lost their shit, right? And I'll never forget because the guy who... (laughs) The guy who ran the San Pedro ceremony was just one of these, he was just one of the retreat attendees. He wasn't one of the facilitators or anything like that. And he said, oh, I've worked with this medicine before. I would like to run the ceremony. And at the beginning of the ceremony, he stood up and he said, I call to the great spirit of the North and the spirits of the West and the mother nature. And he did this amazing fucking incantation and this powerful prayer. And an hour later, he was lying in a paddling pool, weeping, having to have like four different people hold him down and kind of <laughs> help him deal with his bullshit, right? I'm not going to name names, but you, you remember that, right? Like oh, yeah. he, just went, he went totally off the rails. And I guess for me, I, I want the show to be balanced and I, and I always want to bring a balanced viewpoint to things. Like how do you deal with and navigate through the minefield of you know, there's a certain type of spiritual person who's just, they're fucking batshit crazy. And they, you can see they don't know how to exist in the world. They don't know how to deal with the complications and difficulties and challenges of life. So they just retreat into this like love and light. It's all love and light. It's all like, I'm a spiritual person. And very often they are some of the most fucked up, twisted people out there. Do you know what I'm talking about? Yeah. You know, this is a tough one because there's a lot of people using spirituality as a way of escaping even further. And so sure. you, you can create a belief system out of anything. I could create one right now and you can start a movement. This is the thing about this consciousness right now, this movement, this spirituality that's going on right now. And I think as a collective, we're learning to be to ground that in. And all of that, when it goes too much, you start to you start to spiritually bypass, you know, so you bypass the human experience because you're believing that everything up there is, is the real deal. Anything here is wrong. Mm-hmm. Again, we create this another split and you can tell the difference between those who are 
in that because they will have a lot of bizarrely this is the thing as much as there is a talk about love and light there's a lot of passive judgment underneath of others there's a lot of passive aggressiveness there's a lot all of that stuff which is i want to look at the anger the shadow all of this sure so would, would you say that robin uh who's one of my mentors and someone we had on as a guest recently on episode two i once asked him when i was he was my first mentor when it came to to the metaphysical and walking that path and i said to him he was telling me these things and they were so intense and so out there and so vast in scope that I started to feel lost. And I just said to him, how do you stay, how do you stay grounded with all this? Like knowing when you start dabbling with the secrets of the universe and how do you stay grounded? And, and for him, he said at the time it was martial arts, like martial arts gave him a grounding because they were so physical and, 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 and real and you couldn't really bullshit with them. Like, are there any things that you use to, to keep grounded when you, when you're walking this path? Yeah, I think for me, it's like the question. So whenever I'm exploring something highly metaphysical, I have an open mind, so I'll explore it. But then I'll come to the question, how is this serving me or how is this going to serve me? Is this actually applicable? Sure. If, if it doesn't really answer those questions, then what does it mean? It's like sure. it's a nice little ex- experience to come out of it. But sure. even when it comes to the plant, you know, when we did ayahuasca, mm-hmm. and I've done ayahuasca a few times, I'll question everything. We have to be able to question what we're sure. doing. If we don't, we're creating a religion around the belief system that we've got. Sure, sure. And and I guess one of those questions, the one I always ask is, is this leading to a, a measurable and notable improvement in the quality of my life, right? In the quality of my experience. And yeah, my yardstick is like, does this attract drama or does it attract joy? You know, like that's always what I'm asking. And there have been certain times like I was having a very strange, very weird spiritual experience a few years ago with a group of people in, in my in my tribe. And it was just creating drama. Like it was creating more and more drama. And I realized, no, I gotta I gotta back away from this because it's not it's not leading me where I wanna go. This is the thing, you know, like we've gotta we've gotta really explore what it's doing. And like you're saying with that experience back in Peru. We've got to be aware that our ego is fundamentally involved in our spirituality. And unless sure. we're aware of that, it's going to take over. So it wants to be recognized. It wants to be seen. It wants to know things more than others. Mm-hmm. What are these things? It wants to prove it, you know, that we have it. And that's a, for me, that's the issue with this kind of spirituality because sure. it's really about the question, not about the knowing. Mm-hmm. It's not about how much I know. It's about how much I can explore and Anything that takes me away from my humanity for me isn't really working. If it's going to deepen me into this experience here sure. in this world, then it's that's why I've come here. I've come here to live. That's a good yardstick. If it takes me away from my hum, or if it takes you away from humanity, it's it's generally. I mean, we could say it's it's not uh, leading you down a good path. And if it, uh, uh, yeah. In fact, funny enough, there was someone else that um, we both worked with who. I really believe they fell to the, I won't mention the name, but I believe they fell where I believe they fell to the dark because they started to think that they were Jesus, right? Like, or, or this, a savior, they developed like a savior complex, which moved them away from the, their humanity. They were no longer just, let's call them Steve. They were, you know, this savior. And yeah, that makes a lot of sense to me now that you said that. That's a very interesting insight for us. Yeah, it's, it's fascinating what's happening with spirituality right now. And I think we have to question what's going on. I, I don't think we should be afraid of doing that. We have to question all these different movements because there is, I mean, 
I've worked with mental health workers as well, and there's there's a fear from them of what's happening with certain parts of the spiritual movement. Sure. As well there should be, as well there should be. Like uh I totally get that. Vaz, my um I can feel that that was my energy tank is just like dropped a little bit because I had to concentrate very hard to stay with you on that level because you're obviously a very high level uh, spiritual guru is not a good word, but, but you, you've got some, <laughs> some wisdom on this level, dude. And it's such a, such a pleasure to, such a pleasure to talk to you, man. It really, really lit me up. Yeah. It's great to catch up. I think the people, the men listening in particular, really, this is a, an aspect of themselves. If you repress this, if you don't connect with this side of yourself, it comes out in some pretty negative ways. So I encourage you to, to start, even if it's a small thing, just adopting a meditation practice or maybe looking into prayer or whatever it might be, whatever little thing you might do, start, ritual you might start to connect with that aspect of yourself as a man. I think it's absolutely vital. Faz, if people want to connect with you uh, and find out more about you, where should they go? Yeah, if they go to my website, it's www.vaz3haran.com. I've got a lot of free articles, videos, meditations, which are connected with everything that we talk about to help. Um, You've written a book as well? I've written a book called Infinite Being, and it talks about reflection, the relationship between reality. And I basically used, that as my guide for myself even to come out of depression. So it has a lot of the tools in there. That's wonderful, man. I know I I read your book right after Peru and I enjoyed it. um, So I can recommend that wholeheartedly. My brother, blessings on you. Thank you for, for your wisdom. Thank you, brother. Yes, that is truly what this show is all about. You know, I just feel so inspired and uplifted and energized when I speak to people like that. I don't, I can't really even explain it. I think I like to think we're on the same vibration. He's probably on a way higher vibration than me, to be honest. But, you know, one of the things I struggle with, one of my challenges in life is I interact with certain individuals who, you know, I want to share this kind of thing with. And for whatever reason, whether they've been overly, I was thinking about this the other day, there's there's certain people that I know that have just been overly scienced. You know, they're just, and don't get me wrong, I'm a full advocate of science and the scientific method and science has made amazing differences to our lives. And it is, it is one of my almost idols, if that's possible to say. And so I don't have anything against science, but I think that there is, there's the potential for certain people to be stunted because they are so trained in that way of thinking that they're unable to be open-minded enough to appreciate the other aspects of life, the ones that aren't as uh, revered in the modern world and that aren't as accessible in the modern world. And, you know, when I, when I interact with people like that, I, I, I just want to take the conversation to that level sometimes. I want to connect with people about, about this kind of stuff. And some of them just can't do it, man. They just can't get there. They just cannot get to that level because they just, they're not open to it. And I find that hugely frustrating. Uh, so when I speak to a person like Vaz, it's just, it's, it's just fantastic because we really, we can really meet on that level. And I know a lot of you listening know what I mean and hoping that this episode connected with you guys. Hope you guys enjoyed that. And uh, remember, if you're looking to upgrade your life on all levels, I am doing personalized one-to-one coaching. Head on over to my site, liberationmentor.com. You'll find more information there. Have a fantastic week, guys. And remember, take some action to creating the life of your dreams.
Peace out.